I'm Donnie. And I'm Anthony. And we make up the GW Branding Group, here to bring you the Off the Ground Podcast. The podcast where we interview entrepreneurs and find out how they got their businesses off the ground. Hey, this is Anthony and Donnie, and we are with the Off the Ground Podcast with the GW Branding Group. And uh, we have a special guest, Micah Morgan, here with us today. He's going to uh, go over the world of general contracting with us. And the Off the Ground podcast is all about uh, bringing on successful business owners and interviewing them on how they got their business uh, moving forward and how they got it off the ground. So um, I'll let Donnie introduce himself and then we'll uh, go right to Micah. So I'm Donnie, co-founder of the GW Branding Group. I'm the second half and uh, we're just really happy to have Micah Morgan on today. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, my name is Micah Morgan, uh, CEO of Red Cloud Contracting, owner founder as well. Um, yeah, excited to to chat. Definitely. Um, yeah, so we're gonna jump right into your origin story. Um, you know, during this podcast, we're gonna go over a, a few segments of uh, different business operations, kind of how you've been able to. Um, be the uh, one with all hats per se. So um, tell us a little bit about, about your origin story, how you got interested in uh, general contracting, construction, and um, kind of how, how you got started. Yeah, so as far as like the world of construction, I mean, I, I can think back, you know, as a kid, um, really enjoying playing with Legos and Lincoln Logs and Tinker Toys, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, loved, I always love building things. Um, so, I've just had a propensity for that. And then, um, you know, I, I did the college thing, uh, four-year degree. I even did some graduate work. But I've, I just always felt pulled towards working with my hands, being outside, you know, working with tools, materials. Um, and so, you know, it was really, you know, different uh, summer jobs in, in high school and college uh, that, you know, Made, I made more doing that than flipping burgers, right? And plus, yeah. it was more fun. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, again, I, but I just, uh, with many different types of jobs I've, I've, I've had, uh, you know, carpentry and, you know, building stuff has always just always been pulling me back. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's like, I guess I was born with it kind of thing, you know, yeah, it's just. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, take us to the time when, you know, kind of the fast forward, I guess, yeah. to, you know, starting out in the, um, you know, or starting on your own. Fast forward us to, to that time. Take us to that. What was going through your mind when you, mm. you know, wanted to launch Red Cloud? And um, how did that all start out? So, um, yeah, we're actually coming up on our five-year anniversary. Congrats. Thank yeah, congratulations. you. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, since we established the business back in, uh, be, well, twenty. 18 yeah we're 23 now yeah 2018 uh so as far as as far as the um you know general contracting side of it because i'd always just worked as like a laborer a carpenter painter you know um, doing those kinds of things in previous jobs uh, it was actually uh back in 2013 so almost 10 years ago when my wife and i bought our our current house and it was a house that needed like insane amount of work mm. Um, and it was through that project, um, of rebuilding this house that really got me a, a heck of a lot more familiar with like the, what it means to be a general contractor. I understood the trades and the craft, yeah. but then like hiring the subs and dealing with the, the city and going through inspections and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, that, that's, so that, that had been there for, you know, for 10 years and then, you know, five years ago, um, yeah, I, you know, it was just, I was working a full-time job and, you know, as, as my wife and I were thinking, you know, what, what, what do we want the next, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years to look like for us and our family? I just felt that, uh, I felt called to, to look into what it would mean to you know, start a, start a construction business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, what motivated me to start and it was quite a few things. Um, it's really legacy. You know, yeah. opportunity, not feeling confined, working, you know, a nine to five in an office somewhere. 
yeah, that freedom yeah. element is, mm-hmm. is big for a lot of people, I think, motivating them to start their own business. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds awesome, but, uh, you know, what, what challenges do you face kind of going from working for somebody or even doing odd jobs to really going on your own? I mean, what, what did you face uh, just starting out? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, so when I, when, I, when, I first, when I first left my, my previous employer, um, it, it felt like, it felt like every day was like, like a weekend, you know, it was just like, it's so great. Like I just could get to like manage my time and, you know, making all the, my own decisions and things like that and getting to meet people. And, um, so, and it was, so it was, I mean, it was like, it was really exciting. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, it's like the, the beginning stages of a, of a dating relationship, right. It's super exciting, you know, <laughs> and so, phase. you know, the passion, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and, and not to say that that ever fully went away, but <laughs> certainly things change when reality hits, when it's like, oh, shoot, I didn't realize that there's like all these other things that have to be done. Like when you're working for a large organization, they have all these departments and they have all these people within the departments. Right. Uh, and all these tasks and duties and things and that all has to get done. So um, and, and it's still, you know, still a challenge that I face, um, you know, I mean, it. My title says CEO, but I'm also like COO, CO, CFO, and you know, and j- job site supervisor, and <laughs> HR. C- HR yeah. yeah, you know. So there's a lot. There's a lot of hats. Um, so it, it's really managing all the spinning plates. Yeah. Um, and uh, what I've learned, at least for sure, over the last couple years, is is what's really important is is finding people to help support uh, you know, in taking off some of the the responsibilities yeah for example marketing right that's <laughs> yeah that's how we know each that's other where we come in yeah but i i was wondering too as a guy who you've been in business now for five years uh all this time you've really worn all the hats primarily mm-hmm. is it kind of tough to let go of some of the control because that's the flip side of the mm. coin at least you oversee everything even though you have to do it all is it kind of tough to offshore some of those responsibilities or is it more of a relief yeah so uh definitely definitely both it, it's scary because when you, when you get used to doing something and you have your own way of doing it, becoming very particular, for example, uh, like being on the job site, you know, if we're doing a remodeling project or something, um, you know, obviously at, at, this, at the start of my business, I was the one on the job working with the job. I might have a couple helpers and stuff. Um, and so to bring somebody in to then trust them to, you know, manage the job and a couple other helpers for them and, you know, communicating with the customer and doing the job correctly and to code and all that kind of stuff. Granted, I mean, I still check in, I mean, still go to job sites, but that, that was, that was, you know, it's a scary, it's a scary moment starting to give up, you know, some of that responsibility. Now it's not, you know, it's not like completely abdicating it and just, you know, not even ever thinking about it. Right. Um, still something I think about, but, um, so at first it was scary to bring in, cause I've got, a, I've got a couple guys now that, you know, basically run the jobs. Uh, from a day-to-day standpoint, um, scary at first, and then that relief definitely comes. So I can come like and do things like this. Yeah, you know, I've got you know a couple crews actually out there working on jobs right now. Uh, great guys. So it, it takes time. It takes yeah. time to find those right people. I'm sure we'll talk about some of those other things later. But yeah, definitely. So what are uh, what are some like key lessons you could give to somebody who's in the general contracting um, industry just starting out, or someone who's like thinking about moving? into that industry what are some lessons you can give them from like uh you know your journey so far so if somebody's thinking about potentially leaving their becoming a general contractor yeah Yeah, just a couple lessons that you've kind of kind of found along along the way of of establishing your businesses as you've gotten in so what i would say is um one of the things that i've had to learn to do more of is uh, d- building the relationships with others for, uh, and, and receiving help for things. Mm. It's just advice, right? So uh, I'm a part of a small business uh, group called Convene. It's an advisory board group that we we meet once a month. And on my board is another general contractor, just just like myself. You know, we, we pretty much do a lot of the same kind of things. And so, like, on, at the face of it, it might look like we're competitors. Mm. Well, really not. I mean, right. we're friends. We talk. We share, you know, struggles and different things that work and different things that don't. Um, I mean, I was literally talking to him yesterday about, you know, just some things that came up and just. So, 
you know, uh, really for any any business, but in the world of general contracting, what I've found is, you know, the other contractors out there are not enemies. Right. They can be friends. And you just got to reach out. You know. So I've had to get over myself and just, you know, make some phone calls and ask questions because I, I didn't, I don't know it all, right? Yeah. So it's admitting that and then finding the right people to come around support and asking for advice and things like that. Definitely. So, you know, knowing that, Let's kind of go into your your branding and how you've started to develop Red Cloud and your your journey through that because I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions when it comes to starting your own brand, getting it you know off the ground and uh, you know just developing that. What are uh, just go into your journey on, on on your marketing and your your branding more per se and uh, what you learned through that starting out and, um, and how, how, do you, how you how do you position yourself you know yeah. amongst all the like sure. other contractors. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's still a work in progress, yep. you know, and from what I understand about branding, um, branding is, is how the, is how the market perceives you, you know? Um, so for me to create a brand or my brand, it's, it's me doing certain things, uh, in hopes that that's how it's being perceived by the marketplace. Yeah. So one of the things that I would say differentiate you know, Red Cloud from some other contracting companies out there um, is the element of uh, really focusing on the relationship. Um, I mean, some of my, some of my, are the best jobs we've done with some of these, some of my clients. I mean, it's like we're friends, you know, it's, you get that friend feeling, yeah. right? And in business, um, you know, we'll say this at BNI, right? Our small business network group, uh, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. Yeah. Well, who do you call, what do you call someone that you know, like, and trust? It's a friend, right. yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and it's even, it's even in our mission statement, you know, being, you know, building those relationships, being that friend so that you know, we can create better places to live, to work, and to, and to play. Uh, and so that's, that's, you know, that underlies a lot of what we do. And so in terms of brand, what I would hope people would respond with when they th see my logo or they hear Red Cloud Contracting, your friendly neighborhood contractor, right? It's sort of my tagline. Yeah, you know, we want to be that friend to the community and those around us, creating a better world. So I mean, that that's as far as branding, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, know? that's awesome. Yeah, it makes total sense. So and and for you know the viewers and for people listening, I think one of the key things that you said is it's always a work in progress. We're mm -hmm. always developing the brand, and it's something that the market will tell you what your brand is, and then you have to go off of that and kind of rework that. So, right. um, you know, for, for people who are starting out, what is a good way for them to start to get their brand out there as a general contractor, um, someone who doesn't have as much experience in um, their brand, in that development, you know, as someone who's maybe a year into their, their business or just trying to think, hey, how does this even, how, does this, how am I going to make this work? What are some good uh, key pieces of advice for branding for, for that? So one thing that I found really impactful, um, and uh, it, was rec it, was a, it was actually a book recommended to me by a, uh, a friend of mine who owns a small business and is doing, doing really well for himself. Uh, he, this was a I don't know, year, year and a half ago. I read the book by Simon Sinek called um, Find Your, no, yeah, Start With Why. And in, in, in the book, it's basically, you know, and what Simon Sinek, Sinek would say is people, people don't uh, buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So mm. in understanding your why and having read the book and then worked through the workbook called Find Your Why, um, you know, that's, it, it, it's what I've discovered that, you know, as I'm out there in the marketplace doing business, I understand why I'm doing it. And it's always more than just making money. Like, okay, yes, I, we are a for-profit business. Profit is, it's important because that's what keeps the lights on and keeps everything moving forward. But my ultimate why is like, as, as I shared in the mission statement of the business, it's to build relationships, be a friend to the community and create better places to live, work and play. That's, that's my why, right? And so my recommendation for someone who's looking to start out as a general contractor or in any business situation, read that book. I mean, it, it was a really impactful book. Or listen to an audio, on audio. I did both, actually. Because yeah. uh, it, it challenged me to think through things differently. Because I was just so, you know, so worried about, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to Well, 
set that aside for right now and figure out wh why you're even doing it in the first place. That uh, was a challenge for me. So, and but it, it helped. So that would be my recommendation. That's awesome. And uh, obviously, this is. It sounds like the strategy you employ is to become friends with somebody and to really, you know, get to know them and, and really make sure you're in business with the right people. Correct. But I'd kind of like to know, too, um, you know, how you go from how you kind of made this leap from word of mouth business and getting connections that way and, and jobs that way to, you know, even getting jobs from your website or from your other marketing channels. Because I think that's probably a big leap for people. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because there's other other folks that I've worked for that I'm, you know, that I've known in the past in, in the world of the trades. One guy I'm thinking in particular, great guy, great craftsman. But he he he'll brag about how the fact that he doesn't spend anything on marketing. It's all word of mouth. Um, granted, this individual is now late 50s, early 60s, and he's still working on the job, hmm. you know. And there's a, there's a lot of great contractors out there that do that. They, they are the business, you know, and they've been doing it for decades. Love those guys. That's not the direction I want to go per se. Like I'm almost 40. I'm already feeling, you know, in my body of all the work that I've done over the last decade or so. Um, so the word of the word of my, I say that to say that, that um, I, I'm not, I, I'm open to different ideas on how to get the word out there. And mm. Now that I understand why I'm why I'm really doing what I what I do in my business, apart from just providing a remodeling service or being a builder, or building a house, or doing whatever, yeah. it's really to help impact people's lives. Um, I want to broadcast that message, and in today's world, that requires folks like yourself to help <laughs> get that message out there on the website, you know, on social media and things like that. And so and and so that was a you know. Um, like I'm not, a, I, I wasn't afraid to, to explore what that might look like. Cause the thing with word of mouth, it's great. Referrals are fantastic, but it's all at the whim of, at the moment, whether that previous client feels like referring you, mm. this is kind of, you're giving control over to someone else to, you know, run the marketing of my business. I don't want to do that. And so, you know, what, what can we do more of so that if you think of it as like a faucet, I, I have some element of control over of the flow of yeah. of what's happening in my business. If we can yeah. figure that out, I, you know, that's, that's as you guys know, that's one of my goals for this year is just to keep exploring that. Yeah. That's know. true, and and now with podcasts and videos and all the digital marketing channels, it's more possible than ever to put your message out there. That's right, and put the message that you want to put out there. Right. So it's exactly. cool that you can have that control. Yeah, yeah for sure, hundred percent. So now. Uh, now that we know a little bit more about, you know, kind of your thoughts on branding, marketing, let's talk about like product and service development. Cause I think, you know, from a, a standpoint of service development, um, you know, there's a lot of different elements that can go into that. And there's a lot of, um, you know, questions on how you develop your, your service, especially when it comes to general contracting and, and when it comes to, uh, you know, what people want, what you can do. Um, a lot of people have different focuses, you know, whether you see like basement remodelers, you see a lot of people that only do kitchens or maybe mm -hmm. they only build um, homes. So for the service development aspect, what have you kind of seen and what's been successful for you from de developing that uh, service? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's something I thought a lot on last year. Um, granted, we're still a new business. I mean, we, you know, coming up on our five-year anniversary. So there's, we're still figuring stuff out. Yeah. One thing that um, I started to learn pretty quickly, uh, like when you, in the world of general contracting, that can mean so many different things. You know, I mean, it's, in the, it's in the title, general contractor. It's just yep. general, you know, just some generalization, right? Um, not necessarily a general, like a general would be like a, you know, t to the troops, right? Yeah, a generality. Uh, yeah, generality. Um, so yeah, I I, be, I, was, I found myself becoming frustrated. Uh, this was you know last year or so, in regards to like all the different like different types of jobs that I was like chasing, right? Repair jobs, handyman jobs, custom homes, commercial build out work, you know, remodeling of all different sorts and sizes, you know, and so what I. Well, I ended up finding, um, and I, I can't remember who I had talked to at the time, 
and I had even brought it up to my small business group, like, should I start to specialize in something specific? And the immediate answer was, well, yeah, because then, then it's pretty clear uh, uh, to, to the marketplace, like, what you do and what you don't do. And it actually is clear for me. So, to, you know, when I get a call about something, it's something I don't really do, like, like say, a handyman job. I got a guy for that. Like I can, I can refer that work on. I don't feel like I just have to go do the, do the work because someone's calling me. So, you know, last year started to develop that a lot more and then really start focusing it on like kitchens, base, basements and bathrooms, for example, on the residential yeah. side. And, you know, when the, and, and, and if it's right, we'll look at whole home renovations and additions. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like I start getting calls for other things. If it doesn't align with these service offerings, right? Doesn't, and it doesn't certainly doesn't align with why I'm doing what I'm doing in the first place. Mm -hmm. Then it's pretty easy to pass that that individual on to someone else. Um, and some of it also uh, was reinforced in a book I read too called The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. Great book. It's all about you know become you know finding what that that niche is right. Yeah. Um, so I hope that answers that question. I think yeah. it does. Yeah, and I think that stems another question you know from us is you know starting out. How has that changed? You know, I think that a lot of times, even in, in marketing, um, you know, when when we started in marketing, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, what what projects can we pick up? And as you mm -hmm. as the years go by and you start to learn what you're good at, uh, what you can do, and you start to specialize, kind of hone in on yeah, where we have the most experience, yeah. where we can add the most value. That's so right. for so for you guys as as you know, just starting out as a general contractor, what uh. What have you seen, you know, have you seen that you just kind of had to start out accepting smaller projects and, and work your way up to that? Or was it one of those things where right off the bat, you know, you were like, I know, I, I know we only want to do residential and we know I only want to do, you know, basements, bathrooms, kitchens, what we're effective on, um, you know, and start to get into that. Uh, well, so, I mean, really it, it started off as this is awesome. I own my own business. I'm just going to go <laughs> do all of these things. Yeah. Not, you know, not really fully realizing at the time that's like, it's probably like there's no, that's, there's no long-term plan with that. Um, at least it wasn't for me. So, I mean, it's, it's taken a few years trying all these different types of projects and we've done everything from building from the ground up, custom homes, commercial build outs, small repair jobs, installing, you know, doors, replacing, you know, a couple windows, whatever the case, you know, which, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with that kind of a business. It just doesn't align with the things that really excite me the most about what I do, like in the what of what we do yeah. with remodeling. So when it comes to, you know, kitchens, bathrooms, basements, I just, those are just, I love doing those projects. They're high value, high impact projects in a residential setting for a, for a homeowner. Um, same thing with, with, you know, depending on like if you're doing like an addition or four seasons rooms, I mean, we, we, we do that kind of stuff too. It's like adding that extra space and really making, you know, a, this, a really cool change for someone. So it's taken some time to, to get to that. Um, but now that I'm there, again, when certain types of projects come through, I can easily say, yeah, you know what, that's just, it doesn't really align with, with what we do best. You know, it's not that we can't do it. It's just, that's not what we do best. And there's other people that do those things, you know, better than we do. And that's okay. Right. Like I, I feel confident to say that in business. Yeah. Like I don't, there's certain jobs I don't have to feel like I need to take. Right. Like I want to get good and, and just, you know, stay in my lane kind of thing um, and continue to grow that way. I mean, Anthony and I found that out for our marketing agency right. too. Just right off the bat, we were taking any job we could get and we were trying to sell how good we were at marketing. But then we'd end up working these projects where, you know, we've got this kind of creep of the scope of work yep. where, you know, we're, we're ending up doing a lot of stuff that is maybe not our specialty. Sure, we can do it. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's not where we provide the most value necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And marketing, I could see, is the same kind of thing. When you say marketing, what does that mean? It could mean so many different things. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. 100%. So we know you do things a little bit differently um, with your process, and that's been something that you guys have been working on for a long time. So tell us about your you know what you've developed now your 3d experience which is what some people would probably consider you know design to build um, sure. so tell us about how you've developed that and uh, how that's kind of played a key role for for you and your success yeah um uh so you know 
one thing that I've learned, uh, and I, I can't, I'm trying to think of the, the actual um, quote. Uh, it's something to the effect of like, we don't, uh, we don't rise to the level of our skills. Maybe I'm saying this wrong, someone correct me. <laughs> we fall to the level of our systems. Mm. Right. Me meaning we're only, as, we're only as good as the systems that we have in place in business to help support what we're doing. Yeah. So as far as the 3D experience, which is essentially a, it's a sales process, yeah. right? It, it's, it's, the, it's the life of the, the client as, a, as they go from you know, first contacting us all the way through to a year after their pro project's been completed. Like it's, for the most part, it's spelled out, like what are those steps? So to keep it simple, uh, and uh, you know, add some, some stickiness to it as far as remembering, and you know, it came up with the th what's called the 3D experience. The three D's stand for dream, design, and deliver. And so, and it's kind of the process that, you know, that is the process we go through with our, with our uh, clients and prospects. So when someone, you know, it starts with a vision or a dream that's in their head, right? So, so it, what I say is, you know, you dream it, you, you, the client or the prospect, right? And then, and then, you know, in working those things out, then we together collectively design it and I've helped with that. That's why I offer pre-construction, you know, design services. Um, and it's a paid service, but it, it's an important aspect of this whole journey, right, is to go through the design and the selections and things like that. So that's that, that collective partnership in that second D of, of design. Um, and then once all those things are figured out, great, I will deliver that to you. So that's the third D. Um, and that's been... What I can say is it's 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 been highly impactful just to have something like that, and, and I'm not you know there's other there's other ones out there too. I mean having a a step by step simple process that's easy to remember and easy for me to communicate when I'm talking to somebody new. It just it it, it just it it helps uh, communicate you know what we do and how we do things a little differently, and it helps to you know if it's a new client or prospect to understand oh yeah these guys. Okay, they, they, they know what they're talking about. It's not just, you know, just because it's just rambling of, you know, when you talk to some other companies, they just, they don't have that. Where do you go? You don't, you can't see the path, right? And I know we've talked in the past too about where people are at along the process. Sometimes they get to an architect first or a designer sure. first or to a contractor first. But with this, you kind of lay out what the, what the road looks like for your remodel. So I think that's really smart to have that direction for somebody. Sure. And you know, I think when it when it comes to um, you know having somebody work on your home, it's it's a big process, right? You know, this person's going to be in my house, they're going to be cutting through walls, they're going to yeah, be doing absolutely. these things. So it's definitely something that having that process, especially for somebody who has no idea about mm -hmm. building, you know, a lot of people they just you know that's what you're you're there for. So I, I think it adds to your trust factor as well that's as right. to to say, hey, we have a, a process in place, and this process works for everybody. And this is how we help you design that. I think there's a lot of people out there that they have that vision, but they don't know where to start. That's you know, right. they they don't they don't know um, you know who who do I go to first. So that was another question. You know, uh, coming from Donnie's you know statement, uh, who, what would you suggest for somebody who has that vision? Do they go to a contractor first? Do they go to a, a planner, an architect? Um, you know, or do they try to find someone like you who might offer all all of that in in one package? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I. The answer is come come talk to me first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I what I what I'll say to that because we do work pretty closely with a couple designers and architects that are the first contact. So, really, it, you know, you can you can come through it at any angle. Uh, the architect I work with has a, a, a same kind of initial like discovery steps of working with a, a, a prospect and kind of some planning and then, you know, getting a contractor involved kind of earlier on in the process. Um, and those, those jobs have, you know, those have, have gone great because it's still, at least it's following a process. So it's just a matter of figuring out how we can work within each other's, you know, uh, sales model, right. Or, or customer journey. Um, but, if I had, if I had to, t if, I'm, if I'm telling you now, you're like, yes, st start with the contractor. Okay. Cause they're going to have the most realistic understanding of what things cost, mm. what the, you know, or what the budget should be. Right. I'm not saying that architects and designers don't, they do as well, 
but the contractor is going to be the one that's actually doing the work. Yeah. Right. Right. And typically, in my experience, the price is the biggest barrier moving forward on a project. It's just nine out of ten times that, in my experience, that that's why something doesn't, you know, it stalls. It's because things just cost what they cost, and we've yeah. seen insane fluctuations over the last couple of years. So it's it's not just me, or it's not just <laughs> the industry that you know. It's, it's contractors just charging high prices. It's yeah. supply chain and materials and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I mean, touch on that too. What what's it been like as as a, someone who's a general contractor and having to source products and supply and you know chain, supplies? Crazy what's past it? Couple of years. You know, t- I guess take us back to like pre-COVID. What was it like <laughs> before, and kind of how did you survive that? Like. Uh, you know, that insane level of, of fl- price fluctuation. Cause you know, I know I was in the construction industry as well. It's, you know, where I got my, my start in marketing. So we definitely saw that, you know, at, at, a, you know, a year ago we were getting contacts asking us for things that are now double, triple, quadruple the price. Right. So, uh, yeah, part of that, uh, and, and to be completely honest, I, there's not really a ton that I had to change about the way thing, the way I was doing things before and how I'm doing them now for pre or post COVID or whatever. Um, and I'll explain that in a second, but, uh, and this is going to be, a lot of this is going to be kind of pretty standard to how other co- general contracting companies of my size might approach it. Um, some people have just kind of gone different directions. So where, where I'm getting at is, you know, anytime I was, I, I get a new lead or prospect and we start discussing pricing, Anything I ever submit to them is only good for 30 days anyway, mm. right? Um, that's where I think bigger contractors and, and builders and things like that that are, you know, they're six months to a year out from starting a project and they're holding a price and then it skyrockets like lumber did. Like that's why all of those, you know, organizations had a real hard time because it's like, well, they were kind of locked into this price months and months ago. Uh, at our size and what we do, we don't have to do that. Um you know, again, we hold our pricing for 30 days. Uh, plus, the other thing is, um, I don't guess. Like I, so when I'm putting together a takeoff for, you know, a takeoff is like labor materials for a project based on scope of work. Like I, I look up like whatever the existing price is, like that moment. Right. I don't use worksheets from three to six months ago, right, or a year ago. It's yeah. all up to date. It's all like that day I'm getting today's pricing. And, I'm, and, and then, you know, I, I have a little wiggle room in there for contingency if that pr- price changes over 30 days. Um, so that, that's just how I've approached, like, the materials thing. Plus, one other thing I did implement um, is not starting certain projects without having the materials on hand. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. And so, and it's, and it's really all about communication at that point. Like, cabinets take three months to get, yeah. right? Or six months, you know, it, we're not going to start your job. We just can't, you know. Um, so that's how I've handled some of those things with supply chain and material fluctuation well, pricing and stuff. Well, I'm not trying to bring up any sore subjects if this question is going to do that. But did you were you always right on the money with that, being totally prepared, being totally, uh, you know, making sure you're not just guessing? Or did you make mistakes along the way? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we all know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, uh, when it comes to the bidding and estimating process, there is still more to learn and to get better at. Um, and again, going back to one of the first questions about getting advice from, from others, I've, I've received, you know, lots of really good um, advice from other contractors that have been doing this a lot longer, decades, hmm. you know, pointing things out. Cause I've gone to them with my, with my, you know, the worksheets I use and stuff, and I get challenged on it. I just have to be open to it. So yeah, definitely made mistakes. Um, and it's now that I'm, you know, coming into five years, I have more data I can pull from too. So if you're just starting out, it's it's tough because you're just figuring out how, you know, how to do it. I was, when I started, I, I didn't know exactly, you know, I had a pretty good idea. I'd seen a lot of different things as far as how to put pricing together and make sure estimates are accurate and that I'm not way overboard or I'm not like, spending my own money to finish a job, which I've had to do, you know, things happen. It's business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, it's, it's similar, you know, I think starting out overpricing jobs, uh, not as common as underpricing jobs. I think, you know, people see more of that. 
uh, you know, of the, uh, like, oh, man, you know, you know, this project maybe would have started a little bit uh, and carried out a little bit longer than you would have expected. And um, I, you know, you're right. I think it just comes down to experience. So yeah. give us a, a good a good example, and I guess, of a time that things uh, worked well through you developing that process. What was, like, the the moment where you were like, okay, I know I'm doing this right. Like, I know we're, we're, we're on the right track now. Mm. Yeah, so it's funny because I, I – as I continue to learn and, and grow and as things change, there's, al- there's always that element of the unknown and, and having those kind of, oh, shoot, wait, what, what am I doing again kind of thing, you know? And then it's, okay, I'm going to go figure it out now. So, I mean, th- that, that continually happens, but I think I understand your question. Um, it, was, uh, it was last year, and I can't remember, I think it was a, a colleague of mine, challenged me on a few different things around, you know, how I'm running my business. I mean, it was a hard conversation to have and how I'm pricing things. And, and I pushed back, okay, well, what do, what do you do? How, how would you recommend me do it? Right? So we kind of worked through that and talked through that. And, I, and, and, and then I, I actually, one of the things he recommended was read a book. I'm referencing a lot of books here, but they, mm-hmm. they're, it's really impacted my life. I read a book called Profit First, again, Mike Michalowicz. Uh, because man, the, the financial side of thing is so important in any business. So understanding, you know, kind of the at macro level, how the cash flow and like having a plan and then getting down to the, the granular pieces of my business as I'm focusing on the financial piece or looking at that. Um, and, and once I, once I started implementing that, it didn't take long. So I, so I've got, I've got a plan. I follow the profit first methodology with cash flow. I was challenged to look at my own, you know, how I'm estimating things and how I'm, you know, how I'm making the money that I need to make to, to stay in business and to support a family and to be profitable. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're in a business that's part of running a business to have profits so we can keep growing, keep, you know, impacting more people positively uh, through our business. Um, so it was, to be honest, uh, it was last, the beginning of last summer that, that it really started to click for me. Not that I didn't have moments before that, that things that made, but like really getting a handle on the financial piece was huge. It's huge. It, was, it yeah. just like felt like I finally had my hands on the steering wheel. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So would, going into the financial piece, how would you recommend for somebody who wants to start uh, in that industry, start general contracting or construction, anything, how would you recommend they, they start uh, from a financial perspective? Is that something that, um, you know, you've built up over time. Is that something you go and you look to have investors? Um, I mean, there's there's so many different. Or did you get a loan? I yeah, mean, and there's that... so many different options, and, <laughs> and you know, we just want to hear from somebody who uh, has done it, and uh, you know, just what are what are the options for people when it comes to that kind of job? Like, how do they go about? getting the equipment um is that something that you know you 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 have sourced out with your subcontractors and um you know you have shops things like that those are some of the things that you know as we start to build businesses and as your business starts to grow obviously it will it'll start to all come to fruition but how would what would you recommend to start you know for somebody who's just starting yeah i I mean i that's tough because it really to some degree uh depends on what you're going after yeah you know one of my one of my business coaches and friend of mine would say things like um scale slow to grow smart so being on the more conservative end with buying equipment or vehicles or uh other things that are you know nice things to have in business like maybe maybe it's an office space or a shop or something like that i mean I don't currently have one right now because I don't, I don't necessarily need it. I want it really, really badly because <laughs> yeah. it would be nice to get out of my, you know, out of my garage and my, my, my driveway space. And I know all my guys would appreciate it too. And we're working towards those kinds of things. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, taking things step by step. Um, now, as, as far as the financial side of it, though, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to, in any business, you're going to need seed money. Mm-hmm. Uh by God's grace, we were fortunate enough to have a family friend who has helped us with the financial piece. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there is debt. Like, 
kind of comes with the territory, at least in this world and in my experience. Are there ways to do it without it? Absolutely. I just it might take a little longer. Yeah. Because you're literally going from job to job. You don't have you know you're scraping right. by. You know. Right. And I've and I have you know I've I've experienced some of that, but I've been fortunate enough to have somebody who's financially supporting. I still have to pay him back though. Like you got to, <laughs> it's, it's debt. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, so, and I was fortunate not to have to go to a bank. When you start going to a you know a, a financial institution, then you, then you have to have some like pretty solid business plans, um, and to provide them so that you can have like, you know, give a good reason why you're asking for a hundred thousand dollars or fifty whatever it is. Um, not to say I didn't have a business plan. I mean, right. I, I did. Right. It was just a little <laughs> more loosely held because it's you know I got yeah they go a family uh, friend that was willing they to go, help us out. They go deep when it comes to <laughs> yes, come to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah not writing so. blank checks. Let me yeah. tell you. But um, it seems like you place a really high value on the influence of your mentors, mm. of your co your colleagues, and yes. and on books too. I mean, I, I I know you've been every time we ask about what lessons you've learned, that's kind of what you hearken back to. So I I appreciate that, and I kind of was wondering if you wanted to speak to that. You know, like how um, was there a time in your life where you weren't looking at uh, your mentors or asking questions? Yeah, you know. Um so, and part of it might have been because of the, the type of role I was in prior to me starting my business. I was, uh, and this is not, I'm not complaining. This is just my observation of how it was. I, I was, I was the w one person in my department. I was a one department person, <laughs> kind yeah. of isolated from the rest of the daily functions of the organization I worked at. Yeah. Not there's, you know, I, I did, I did, I, I did well. It was, it was good. I did a lot of great things there. But coming out of that, I, I didn't have, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have the perspective of like, I'm gonna go ask as many people as I can for help. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna f pull myself up by the bootstraps and <laughs> figure it out on my own, you know, the, the American way, I guess. At least, you know, the perceived American way. Like asking for help is, you know, it's like there's something wrong with you if you're asking for help. I found the complete opposite. If, if, you, if you think you know <laughs> it all and you're not asking for, something is gonna go drastically wrong. And a lot of that really started to change for me um, five and a half years ago, just on, on, the, on a personal side, certain things going on and me kind of, you know, it was actually from that that kind of prompted us to think about starting a business. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it, admitting that I don't know anything is, or that I don't know anything. I don't know everything, <laughs> let me correct myself. I know some things. It's a fine line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and having, you know, I value humility. And so humility to me is, is being able to admit I don't know something and then seeking help for it. That's great. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. played a huge role. Yeah. I think as men, we're very, uh, we want to do it ourselves. So yeah. it, to find that, I mean, I, I struggle with that too. I mean, asking for help when you need it, you know. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, but gosh, some of the biggest, most important decisions in my life have been something I've consulted uh, you know, from a mentor and, and yeah. just, you know, things like that. I, it, you know, that, I think that's a, a pivotal change, especially for sure. Yeah. Taking your future into your hands. And that's everything. right. That's right. And, and have, having others to help along the way. Do you have any uh, lessons, you know, from all that that you've learned that you could uh, give to people that are in this construction industry in the general contracting industry? Do you have any, you know, key moments or key lessons where, um, you know, you have anything you could just, give because a lot of yeah. uh you know people want to know what what are those lessons and i think that uh hearing from people that are in that industry and have done it before is very helpful for people to take that information in and let it soak um before they go out there and, and, and make their decisions yeah so just kind of general lessons learned as yeah far general as lessons learned 100 yeah. percent. And, and some of it i've i've, I've sort of touched on um, but as far as like real pivotal things for me, joining that convene group was huge. So joining networking groups and um, being more involved in the community, finding mentors. Correct. And convene's been able to be a big part of that for me. And yeah. that's, that's more of an advisory board. It's mm -hmm. like being a part of BNI is, is also been helpful as far as having uh, business relationships and connections. You know, I got a guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Convene has been great for the coaching and mentorship and then uh, 
having other board members advise on my business and then me be able to give that back to them has been a huge, a huge impact. And it doesn't have to be convened. I mean, there's other business focused groups. So it's getting connected into that. Um, Cause one of the biggest things, you know, is, is, you know, in leadership and life, you know, whatever it is, owning a business, uh, we, I can't, I can't do all of this by myself as much as I think I can, or, you know, that it would be some huge accomplishment to do it. Can't. And I'm realizing I don't want to, like, I want to bring people along the way with me. So it's, it's getting, it's getting connected and whatever, whatever way, you know, works best for your industry, your personality, things like that, your belief systems, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, slightly selfish reason why we started the podcast because we hope to get that kind of wisdom and that kind of uh sure you know mentorship advice and everything from from successful business owners yeah definitely so and, and let me ask you this from a geographical aspect what uh advice do you give people who you know obviously are just starting out i think that a lot of um work when it comes to what we do also goes into like well where are you located and the culture or the influence of where you're at have you found it to be hard in our area um for those who know we're in the chicagoland area um have you found it to be good hard uh you know easy to get get more of those programs in place and find that networking um, you know, and, and how do people search for that? What would be a good way for people to find out um, the, exactly how you did it? As far as getting involved with like specific, yeah, yeah, getting involved in those business groups, groups and things. Yeah, yeah. How did you get into that, and how did you find it from a, from a geographical yeah. area? How did you get into that? Yeah. So, uh, um, like I said, I mentioned earlier, five and a half years ago or so, it was actually um, the the person I used to work for, the owner of the company I used to work for, as I was. Um, going through a few different things, he had recommended me to get involved with a with a men's uh, ministry, men's group called the Crucible Project. Um, won't go into too too many specifics about that. Um, so I I had I was like, hey, I need this stuff. Let's let's do it. Did a, did a, a weekend retreat. It was awesome. Completely changed my life. Uh, still involved with them, and so. Um, so it was the invitation from him that kind of got me connected there. Now it was one of it was one of my friends that I've met through that group that suggested I connect to Convene, right? So that's how I got involved with Convene. So it was just kind of word of mouth. Like I, I, like I knew I needed something specific to helping me in figuring out the the problems and the opportunities in my business. And uh, yeah, one of my buddies that I met through the Crucible Project Ministry, men's groups, he suggested Convene. Um, as far as BNI goes, that was, um, I had heard about it because it's a kind of, you know, it's a global well-known organization for referral marketing and stuff. Um, and when we, when we had just opened, I was, um, connected, I, I got connected with a flooring contractor and it was the sales rep there that invited me to my, you know, my first BNI group down in, uh, the South suburbs. Uh, so, you know, it's, it was just like talking to people, yeah. you know, and being open to things and inviting you, someone's inviting me to go to something like, sure, I'll try it out. Yeah. yeah I'll go to, I'll go to a, you know, one of your meetings. And just say yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and, and be, being that we're in Chicago land, you know, it's the third largest market in the country. So, I mean, there's no shortage of those types of things around here when it comes to business groups and networking groups and coaches and trainers and, mentors you know they're out there it's you know yeah 100 percent. and uh we appreciate you you know telling us about about that and giving us that that uh advice and i think that it's going to add a lot of value uh for people coming in and wanting to know those things so let's talk about more of like your future plans now what uh what are some some future plans that you have that um you know you're preparing for whether it's and service, um, you know, some future goals you might have. We'll probably go into a couple of things, but um, yeah, start out. Let us, let us know what uh, good, any good projects you have that you're working on, or some future upcoming projects as well. Yeah, in terms of like, um, uh, you know, types of projects, and you know, we're working on a couple different ones right now. We've uh, we were out there the other day, completely gutted the interior of this house, uh, part of an insurance claim. Uh, 
car slammed in the side of this house and did a bunch of damage. And wow. insurance is covering pretty much rebuilding the entire interior, not necessarily changing wall layouts and stuff. But that's that'll be an interesting. Thankfully, like the homeowner, like nobody was living in the house at the time when the car hit it. But uh, that's that's a really interesting one we got going on. Uh, we're doing a second story addition right now. Uh, so excited about that. Uh, just the story behind that with the homeowners is they're really wanting to expand their family. And so they, they don't want to move. They love their house, but it's just, there's not enough space. So they, they are able to build up and mm. it's just really cool to be a part of that story for them and provide that. Uh, so that's on, on that side of things. Um, yeah, we've got lots of different projects, basements, another really sounds like a really large overhaul renovation addition uh, coming up. We'll see. It's got a lead in today about a custom home. So I'll, I'll take a look at those kind of things too. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, on the business development side, I mean, the marketing I'm really excited about. Yeah. Uh, just continuing to move forward with that because, you know, I really believe in what we're doing and how we can positively impact people. And, and I want people to know that. And marketing is, that's that's the microphone, right? It's yeah. the, or the megaphone that's sending out the messages to, to people to... To connect so yeah and just just for a little context too uh anthony and i have been working with mike and now uh to sort of revamp his brand a little bit mm -hmm. uh we just kind of got finished up on his website we're going to be working on uh you know we talked about that faucet turning on that faucet mm -hmm. kind of pumping the content out there but putting that message forward that that you want uh you know the world to see you how, how we want the world to see you yep um, but yeah i i was kind of wondering too uh obviously you got a lot coming down the pipe but do you have broader goals for your business like a three-year a five-year a ten-year plan sure um yeah and it's 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 interesting you ask because i've uh recently read the book called the 12 week year it's a great book by the way there's a lot of a lot of book recommendations here <laughs> um and uh, a, a lot of it there's a lot of like planning involved it's basically condensing what you think you can accomplish in a year into 12 weeks yeah and then doing that every 12 weeks and then you get so much more done um <laughs> So uh, part of that is looking at like a three, five, 10, 15 year plan kind of thing. You know, and, and my hopes is, and, and I have to hit certain, you know, sales goals to be able to financially make this happen. But, you know, I'd like to start to bring some more personnel to help support the business. And we kind of touched on that earlier. Like, yeah, it, it scares me to do that. I think it scares a lot of people to do that. My assumption is it scares a lot of people to do that, to bring someone in to help manage part of their business. So for me, um, the, the project management and site supervision might be a potential hire within the next year or so. Um, potentially administrative help. There's just a lot, you know, as things pick up, there's a lot, it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of different things, a lot of following up on things that I could use some support for. So uh, that would be, uh, in the next three years, I can see starting to bring more people on board to help with some of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, five, 10, 15 year, you know, that as I look out that far, I can see, yeah, I can see a larger team of people. Um, I see having a, a dedicated space, um, with a warehouse and potentially like showroom space, a meeting space that we can bring people in. Um, yeah, maybe a, a, f a fleet of vehicles with red cloud on it, you know, and a couple supervisors and a number of, you know, skilled craftsmen working for us, you know, you know, and there's obviously like, like num sales goals I'd like to potentially right. at some point it'd be great to hit like $10 million, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, I'd get now it's in revenue, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Of course. It's profit great too. Like I'll take it, but <laughs> oh, yeah. no, and overall revenue, I think it's, right. and I think it's possible. I think it's possible if we stand the current trajectory, you know, trajectory. Yeah, probably. So where, where do you operate then? What are your locations and what's your, you know, uh, what's your service area? Because I know a lot of people are probably going to be wondering, like, yeah. well, yeah, where, where is Red Cloud and uh, what, where do you operate out of and what, what's your limits or boundaries per se? Yeah, so uh, home base is Aurora, Illinois, um, simply because that's where I live. Uh, and my, like I said before, my, my shop is at my house, <laughs> which is probably pretty similar to a lot of companies my size. Um, and in terms of our service area, I mean, it's, most most of Chicagoland, we we try to avoid going into the city of Chicago. It's just it's just a lot different. Harder with permitting. There's yeah, they, I mean there's permitting is always can always be difficult depending on which municipality you're in. But it's just access. 
Yeah. It's access and familiarity, to be honest mm. with you. Yeah. Um, part of it is I grew up in the suburbs, so I'm just comfortable with being in the suburbs. Um, I did live mm. in the city for, for a minute back in the day. But it's, it's just it's different. There's city and then there's the burbs, right? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. all kind of from Chicagoland. We know that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll travel, you know. Um, like, just kind of give perspective. We've uh, got a job coming up in Lombard. We're up in Bartlett right now. We're out in Roselle. We're uh, down in Oswego, in Aurora, as I mentioned, um, looking at a job in, uh, is it Hamp- yeah, Hampshire, which is, you know. That's like McHenry County, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, and, 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 it's, and the guys that I have working with me, I mean, we're not all from Aurora. We're, like, we're kind of spread out, too. So, yeah. I mean, it's just part of the gig. We understand yeah. if you're driving 45 minutes, maybe an hour one way, it's it's just the job. Now, once we start getting over that, then there's factoring and travel time because you're just getting into. Well, that's where your new fleet comes in. Right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's how right. do you, given that you got jobs all, all over the area, how do you how do you manage that? What's like uh, what are what's some advice on people that are, you know, maybe they're just starting to get into that where hey, we've got one job and now we're picking up on another and this is our first go around at managing these crews and managing different job locations. What's some advice you have for people to, to manage that? Yeah, I would say um, the biggest thing, at least for me, actually there's two big things. Um, but honestly, one is probably bigger than the other one and that's having people you can trust, having good subcontractors and a good lead person to be the eyes and ears so that if, you know, like, as we're speaking here now, there, I have three different jobs all going on today, you know, and I've planned it out to touch base on a couple of them, which I already have before I came here. And I'll have one more before, you know, after I leave. Um, but I've just developed those relationships with these guys. I've, I trust them. I trust what they're doing. If there's issues that they let me know, or if they have questions, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Like, if you ever have any hesitation, just ask. Right, so it's following some of those rules, and then the other piece that has been impactful for me is, is, um, you know, weekly and daily plans. So just not every plan goes the way I want every day, but it's good that every morning I sit down and I plan my day out per thirty minutes. (laughs) You know, now, granted. I, it's block it's block scheduling right so you know, I might block I'm like today I'm blocking off a couple hours so it's not like I know exactly what I'm doing every 30 minutes but yeah. it's in 30 minute increments so yeah. I just I've found I found to be able to feel like there's more control yeah or, or, or an understanding that like here's the vision for the day or for the week uh, and I have contingency plans when I know it's not always gonna go that way right? yeah yeah so no that's that's great and I think uh you know, in terms of the value that you've provided for people, I I, I think it's going to serve a lot of um, listeners here because I you know us knowing kind of being in the same realm of you know we do different things, but uh, when it comes to business, everything is kind of done similarly. Um, you know, so sure. it's it's definitely great to hear from somebody who's in that position has you know done it before, has got their business off the ground, and now is in that position to be able to give advice, and that's what we're all about. You know. Um, we want people to be able to come and, and listen to this podcast and um, be able to get something out of it. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's a decision that they're trying to make, do I start a business? Do I get a job first? Um, you know, maybe they're trying to, to transition. You know, is it, uh, hey, I have this job, but, you know, I have this dream of owning my business and I don't know when to start. Mm. You know, I think that's you know that's what we're what we're all about here is is helping answer those questions and, and giving insights. So we want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Definitely. Yeah, anybody listening needs a kitchen, a basement, a bathroom. You know, yep. Micah and Red Cloud Contracting they they do really professional work. Uh, you know, check out his new website that we just got finished building. So we can oh, yeah. uh, you know we got old jobs on there with really good pictures and, and yep. you can really get a feel for what he does. Yep, www.redcloudcontracting.com. So anybody who's interested, uh, head on to the website and take a look. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Micah. Seriously. Oh, thank you guys. That's, That's been awesome. great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Off the Ground podcast with the GW Branding Group. Again, I'm Donnie. I'm Anthony. Uh, 
Go check out our website, www.gwbrandinggroup.com. Follow us on social media. Yep, we also uh, have a new website coming. It is www.offthegroundpodcast.com. Follow us on uh, you know Instagram, TikTok. We're going to be on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. So um, it's going to be great, guys. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in.